I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Wednesday, July 8, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, there's a couple of things on the docket. There's some real important things, and then there are some things that we need to be aware of. We have some awareness things. The first awareness thing that we have is we're in the summer. It's the summer doldrums. We're going to see light volume in the markets for a while. Not every day. The volume will pick up. We're going to have bigger buy days, bigger sell days. The volume will pick up from time to time. But through the month of August, typically we're going to have low volume days the majority of the time. Using the 80-20 rule, that's what we'll do. We'll say about 80% of the time, not necessarily as light as today, but days like today. That's one awareness. What's awareness number two? Awareness number two is, technically speaking, when you look at the daily chart, there's nothing wrong with the market. Ignore the fact that there was a number on the screen a minute ago. It's not important, has no relevance to the daily chart whatsoever. Let's talk about logic. We'll talk about common sense. What's the market doing right now? Well, the market ran up to a spot and was rejected. Now, it ran back up to that spot even a little higher, but it's still hanging around. Has not been rejected, and what we have above is a gap that has yet to be filled. They came close, but no cigar. They need to fill the gap. That's the way the market works. The gap still remains at 319. The spider, the S&P 500 on the daily chart is above all the moving averages. There's nothing wrong with this tape. There's nothing wrong with the chart. It's in an uptrend. The trend is our friend until the very end. Now, of course, and we know this, we talk about this from time to time. It's another awareness. They will pull the rug out. We'll wake up one morning. It will wake up red. And all of a sudden, the S&P will be down 30, 40, 50 handles. And we'll have one of those 100, 130 handle days on the downside. It's coming. It will happen. It's a matter of from where and when. Right now, we can consider the market eating time off the clock going back and forth. They're eating time off the clock in a, what I like to call for my Inside the Numbers members, a chop shop formation. And what that's really doing in English and layman's terms is they're building energy to make another move. And the other move is generally a continuation move. In this case, the continuation move is higher. What do I mean by this? Let's pick it apart a little bit further for the newer folks. We have a move higher. Then we go back and forth. There's another name for this. Chop shop formation, eating time off the clock. It's also called chart vibration. And what this really is, is the market telling you it's not ready yet, but it's building energy to make a continuation move, a continuation of what the first move was. And then, this is one of the things that's taught in the course, Lazy E-Mini Trader, 
what we do is we use market symmetry to get a handle on what the maximum would be for the continuation move. Doesn't always happen, doesn't always get to the maximum, but if they start really going higher and they start approaching the old highs or they go above the old highs, we'll be able to use market symmetry to come out with here's where they're really headed, they're probably not going to get a lot higher. We use that and then we also use some of the things when you look left to say, well, here's a breakdown candle high right above. We already talked about that. Then you have this no man's land and then you have another gap all the way up here. We're not there yet. We're not ready to begin having those conversations. We're in the pre-planning stage of a just-in-caser. Give you an example of a just-in-caser. You have to be prepared 100% of the time. We're talking baseball for a second. So how many baseball players, position players, players that go out in the field with a glove on their hand, how many position players do you think show up to the game with one glove? What happens if it breaks? What, then they're out of the game? I don't think so. They have a backup. You always have a backup plan. What's our backup plan as it relates to trading? A backup plan is a stop. A backup plan is if we're trading in one direction, whether it be a stock or the S&P or anything else, and the same thing we're trading ends up going in the opposite direction, our backup plan is where we cut and run. What's our stop? Where are we wrong? We want to be wrong small and fast if we have to be wrong at all. Let's take it down a notch and let's revert back to yesterday and remember we had this bull flag pattern that began to fail late in the day. We had a gap that was not filled. The market bounced right before the gap yesterday, coming up a few pennies short. We knew about that. They're either going to do that, spike it through, hit it on the nose. You never know which one. So it's an awareness. If you're short the market and they're coming into a gap and the gap would be your exit, you exit before the gap. It's just common sense. So what do they do today? They come down and they take care of business at the gap. Immediately, buy the dip crowd showed up and the market never looked back. Worked sideways for a while earlier in the day. Doing what? We just talked about it. Building energy to make another move higher. Now, when I say that, we have to qualify that. When you look at a five-minute time frame, a five-minute chart, you could say off the bottom, and here's a bounce off the bottom, so we have a bounce off the bottom, and this is essentially a bullish, flaggish, kind of wedgish formation. It's not really a flag. It's more of a wedgish formation. But this is a bullish formation. This is the market from a very short-term perspective making a higher low. And when they had a higher low established, took off to the upside. By the way, here's another one right out of the course, lazy e-mini trader. And this really is, in some respects, some garden variety stuff. But the market did a garden variety retracement when you think about it, right? And this is taught in the course. When I say the term retracement, when we talk about the term retracement, traders that have taken the course know what we're referring to. Here's the low. Here's a pivot high on a short-term chart. On any chart, it's still a pivot high. And this is a garden variety retracement taught in the course exactly right by the book. Now... Here's the next question. That was one thing. Is there something on the chart that told you 
they were going to put in that higher low and take off to the upside. Well, let's go look at another chart to find out. Absolutely not. So here's what we see on an hourly chart. So here's a big breakdown candle ending at 11.30 a.m. So we know a couple of things. A, it's a breakdown candle that if the market decides to go sideways inside this candle, it could be beginning the formation of some kind of bearish formation, bearish flaggish pattern. That much we know. We've seen that many, many times. We also know getting above the high of said breakdown candle is bullish, takes the bearishness off the table. Okay, fine. So over the next three hours after this candle closes at 11.30, what's going on? It looks bearish. So we know a couple of other things. One of them being that we know that markets like to make a run for the top of these breakdown candles. We talk about it every night because I seem to be pointing one out every night, which means it happens all the time. So guess what? Into the end of the day, they get above the high and they close out the day above the high. So what does that mean? It's bullish. It's not bearish. It doesn't have to be wildly bullish. But what really happened here after the filling of the gap, the dipsy doodle down in the morning to fill the gap that broke the bullish flag formation, right? So it started yesterday, completed today. This breaks a bull flag. Look at this. All of a sudden, they're back in this, and we can't call it a bull flag, but what we do recognize is a couple of things. Now, you got to pay attention to this. You might have to rewind the video and do it again. So here's the deal. Understand that by having the gap up the other day and the market going sideways, so there was a bull flag pattern that failed, but that doesn't mean this failed. So we just talked about the fact that markets like to run up and test the highs of a breakdown candle. Well, the same thing is applied when flipped around. So the market essentially by filling the gap down here this morning, it was also running down. It's just another way to look at things. It was running down to test, not necessarily in this case, the low, but toward the low of a break up candle. Again, we talk about this every single day because it takes place every day. The challenge is sometimes the chart doesn't exactly look the same as we talk about it the day before. So it looks a little bit different. So you don't think about it right away. But over time, you see these things like they're hitting you in the face with a brick wall. After you see it a number of times, you say, oh, well, they're running down to fill a gap. And it's also by virtue of the fact that they had a huge gap up, it looks really the same as a breakup candle. It is the same as a breakup candle. This is the way you have to envision it. Let's say it wasn't a gap up. Let's say the market took off in the morning and then did the sideways thing. That's what it would look like. And if it looked like that, we would be saying, hey, the market's coming down to test the low of a break up candle. That's it. How about a real life example? We had a very happy member today. We had a member that's a member of Inside the Numbers, and he also has taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. For the purposes of this, we're going to call him Josh. Why is that? Because that's his name. We're not going to use last names, but here's the deal. I get an email from Josh at 7.52 a.m. And for those of you Inside the Numbers members, yeah, it was in the midst of the technical breakdown. We'll get to that later. The email starts out, man, oh man. So I'm not going to read you the rest. And he even sent me a chart off his phone of 
NKLA Nikola. This is one of the EV companies. It's been a hot dot. It's in the news. So let me explain what he did because it relates to exactly what we just talked about, kind of, sort of. Josh took the course and he knew why he was buying the price he was buying. He was basically buying a breakup candle low, probably didn't care too much or didn't notice, or I guess it happened after the close. He was buying the breakup candle low, or it happened right before the close, and the stock actually closed below the low of the breakup candle where there happens to be a gap down below. He bought options, and he bought them six weeks out. He was looking for the bounce off the breakup candle low. Well, what happened today? The stock was up 8% when he sent me the email. I don't know how long he held on to the options. I hope he made a ton of money. The stock was up 35% today. So regardless of when he sold his options, if he sold his options, he made great return overnight by understanding a principle that's taught right in the course. How much do you think he made in that trade as it relates to or against how much the course cost? The answer is probably in the redonkulous. And for those of you wondering, the breakup candle low was off the daily chart, back to Nikola, off the daily chart, this spot right here, and into the closing bell, closed below the low. Maybe got a little nervous, or maybe just figured, hey, it's going to fill the gap, and that's where we'll get our bounce. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe a little luck involved, maybe a little bit of luck with a little bit of skill, which is also something I teach, which is, this is part art form, part science. When you put the two together, sometimes you scratch your head and say, I can't believe it works this way, it's unbelievable. And sometimes you say, I can't believe it works this way, this is unbelievable. Doesn't work every time, but when it does, it's pretty unbelievable. Back to the SPY, what happens if the SPY, the S&P 500, comes down? What happens if we wake up red? What are we looking at? Well, you got a couple of things down below. Down below, and we were getting close in proximity today, and this is why I'm going to bring up the big fat round number of ES3100. That translates to roughly the 310 area in the S&P. So here's what we're going to say. We're going to say 310, 311. We're going to put a couple of lines on the chart. And now, let's go take a look, a closer look, at just where those come in. First thing we'll do is take a look at an hourly chart, and lo and behold, what we have, and I didn't know this before I put the lines on the chart, but what we have is a convergence of the moving averages. I mean, it's not like I haven't seen the hourly chart before, I just didn't realize it until the lines went on the chart, that comes in right in an area, meaning the lines, this zone, comes in in an area where we had some chart vibration, some consolidation, some eating time off the clock, whatever you want to call it. We had a move higher, and they put in some kind of bullish flaggish thing going on. So this is not only a breakout area, this is a gap. So the market would come down to fill the gap and a former breakout area into moving averages, a big fat round number when you translate that zone into the S&P E-mini futures contract. 3100, big fat round one. And all of a sudden, in a matter of a few seconds, you come up with a bucket full of reasons why if the market fell there anytime soon, it would likely be supported in and around that price zone. Now, it's not to say it can't go lower, but that's an important price zone. 
So when you're in the risk business and you're making an assessment of where the next trade might be, and in this case, we just happen to be looking down south, when you make the assessment of where would I like to buy the market for a trade? That's how it starts. Maybe it becomes a longer term trade. Maybe it lasts five minutes. But where would I like to buy the market days in advance? Maybe it's a day in advance. Maybe this happens next week. We're in the pre-planning stage. And I would say, unless something changes, if the market came down here in the next day two or three, I'm thinking that's going to be a pretty good area for a bounce in the market. I'm in the risk business. I would be willing to assume some risk in and around 310, 311. Maybe it's just under 310. Maybe they come up short. You know how they do these things. That's why we're talking about a zone or a range. Let's talk inside the numbers. Why is it blank? We had a technical breakdown today. Stuff happens. Amazon goes down. Netflix goes down. Twitter goes down. My strategic forecast inside the numbers went down. Here's what happened. I couldn't make the updates to the commentary section in the back end where I have to log into, so I couldn't get to it. Interestingly enough, I use the table in a different way, so those come from a different place in terms of the stocks on the move, so that was working okay. You can see here I was trying to communicate any way I could. Sent out an email, put some stuff in here. I just couldn't get to the update section. Good news is, as I'm making this video, it's been fixed, and we should be back in business tomorrow. And just for the record, I had a backup plan developed halfway through the day today if we were going to need one tomorrow. Again, same routine with the backup plan. You need a backup plan. I should have had a backup plan going into today. It's a new platform. Learn my lesson. Have a backup plan going forward. You learn from your mistakes, just like trading. That's why I'm telling you this stuff. Nothing in life is different from one another. Whether it's trading, running a business, a website, it doesn't matter. We all learn from our mistakes. Some are more painful than others. But in life, our approach is really the same no matter what we're doing. There's emotion in the market. You don't think there's emotion in the business? There was a lot of emotion in my office this morning. I feel a pretty deep responsibility to the members that look for me each and every day to provide them the numbers and the commentary inside the numbers. So I was pretty pissed off this morning. And here's what I'll say. I want to thank everybody because I did get a lot of messages throughout the day. And what the common theme was that everybody is pretty understanding that this stuff happens and they did understand that I was likely frustrated today. So they were pretty light about it. So I want to thank everybody. I appreciate that very much. Since we did have some stocks on the move up on the board, we have to look at the good, the bad, and the ugly. The first one we'll look at is Levi Strauss. So you can see the number on the board was 1280. They hit the number, and you see in the first candle of the day, the first five-minute candle of the day, the low happens to be 1280 on the nose. You see how they played with 1280 for quite some time during the morning session. So they gave you several attempts to get out. They gave you several trades. In fact, this one doesn't look like much on this chart, but when you look at the high of 13.04 and you talk about 24 cents on a $12.80 stock, it's still about 2%. So all in all, it's still a pretty decent scalp trade 
It's one of the reasons why I hate these low price stocks, the $12, $10, $15 price stocks. That's the problem. The bounce you get isn't the same. It doesn't give you the same type of thing that some of the bigger stocks give, and you have to buy too many shares to make money if you're going to play for 20 cents. Is what it is, but technically speaking, it did the deal. Not a home run, not a double, not even a solid base hit down the line. It was another, we won't even call this one a bunt for base hit. We'll call this one a dying quail. Here's where we get into the good, the bad, and the ugly part. Let's talk ugly for a minute. So Facebook was on the board. The number on the board was 236.50. You see it peeking its ugly head up in the left corner here, down here. So guess what? What was the low? 236.59. My voice even cracked when I said it because I'm so distraught. Not only did I have the tech issues, but just to add insult to injury, they had to shove one up my ass with this. I have an order at 236.50 on the button. Didn't even realize any of this happened until the thing was about 240. What's the takeaway? We have to be able to learn something. The takeaway is the numbers work. This one, a $236 stock, comes within nine cents of a number put on the board at 7.30 in the morning, takes off to the upside, by the end of the day makes a high of 245.17. How you doing? So I didn't get in the trade. Probably a lot of other traders didn't get in the trade. Some of you made a front run the trade. The point and the takeaway is it's the numbers. Stocks are headed for a destination. When they get there, they're going to do one of two things. They're either going to hang around for a cup of coffee and then go to another destination or they're going to turn around and go back from whence they came. That's the way the market works. What's going on over in Camp IWM? nothing they made a lower low today than yesterday had a reversal finished not at the high near the high but all in all they're hanging around the 20 period moving average and from where they were yesterday they didn't go anywhere so it's not really beneficial to make anything more out of it than what we just stated and who's we it's me what i just stated they were really up on par with the s&p 500 not enough of a divergence to call it a divergence So in terms of the IWM, there's no change from yesterday. Move it along. By the way, I want to make a correction. If I offended anybody before by using the word ass, I apologize. What I should have used was keister. Take one in the keister. Back to business. Back to the folks down at the transportation department. Anything going on here we need to know? Well, when you look at the last few days, what do we have? Well, we have a move off the low. And we have a market that got rejected somewhat, not totally, but somewhat rejected when it went to make a double top or get through the prior high. It made a double top because it couldn't get through the prior high, but it didn't get rejected. What it's doing is essentially eating time off the clock. So let me draw that again and go with me on this. So we had a move off the low and basically they're just eating time off the clock above the 20 period moving average. Are they making an effort or building energy to make an effort to fill the gap? Maybe get into this 200 period moving average on the daily chart? Absolutely on the table. Is there a chart we can look at that shows a bear case? Here's an hourly chart. And technically speaking, we could say as long as the market never closes an hour above 9,500, this tail high, then that's 
still active, as is this one. So you have two tails. Most animals only have one, and you're below both tails. This one doesn't count. You've already closed above that tail right here. So that's off the table. It's not even there. So technically speaking, yeah, as long as you're beneath this tail high, then that's something. But here's the other thing. Technically speaking, the market already did the thing that it normally does when it puts in a tail. What do I mean by that? Well, market puts in a tail, sold off. Market puts in a tail, sold off. Market puts in a tail, sold off. Another way to look at this. So market gaps up, pulls back. Gaps up, pulls back. Gaps up, pulls back. It's a pattern. Just because I didn't draw it like a good pattern doesn't mean it isn't one. It's a pattern. Gaps up, pulls back. Gaps up, pulls back. What's next? Gap up. We'll see. Folks out in Silicon Valley, here's the hourly chart. Anything wrong here? Not really. Look at the daily chart. Anything wrong here? Not really. Here's another tail. It's small. This is at new highs, basically not higher than yesterday's high, but still, we're high on the chart. We're in an uptrend. So until and unless this is breached, it's an official tail high, meaning it's generally the market's way of signaling that it's going to come down a little bit. doesn't have to be a collapse, just down a little bit. It's overbought. There's no measurement for that, but it's extended away from home base. The 20-period moving average is home base. We don't like the market to get too far away from home base. But all that stuff put in the bucket comes out with what? There's nothing wrong with this market. It's in an uptrend, and sooner or later they will pull the rug out. But there's nothing on this chart that says they're pulling the rug out other than the tail we have. And until and unless we get above that on a daily closing basis, then maybe it's something. But I wouldn't be shorting the NASDAQ with just that one thing. Why is that? Well, because they've done that before, many times. Look at what we could find here. Here's a tail. Here's something. Here's something. I mean, they've done it before and kept going. Well, they had pullback here and pullback here, so maybe they'll have a pullback here. So maybe I'm changing my mind in real time. Either way, they had a pullback, but the trend was never broken. So eventually they'll break the trend, but what we're looking for is a pullback within the uptrend. That's bullish. That's needed. The market needs to do that stuff. The market does do that stuff. It's not going to go up every single day in a straight line forever. It's not going to go down every single day in a straight line forever when the market is crashing. Ebbs and flows. Ebbs and flows. Peaks and valleys. That's the way the thing works. We were focused in the financials. And check this out. So the XLF happened to have a pretty decent day, but still... Not really what you would call a blockbuster type day. And here again, until and unless we get above these moving averages, you got to get above this 20 period moving average. Get that out of the way to get anything going in the bull camp. Until and unless that happens, this is still an active bearish flaggish thing going on. And today was an up day in the midst of that. Here was another up day. It was another up day, down day, down day, down day, down day. So you have up days, you have down days. In the midst of within a zone or a channel while a pattern is forming. And that's what happens. The market goes up and the market goes down. And while the market's going up, we think it's bullish. While the market's going down, we think it's bearish. In a sense, it's neither 
while they're forming the pattern. Until the pattern is complete and ready to make the next leg, in this case like this, it's just forming. Can still fail and do this. We have to be aware of that. When does this pattern fail? When this part of the channel begins getting breached and it begins closing, meaning the XLF begins closing below that channel, then, and only then, can we say this is beginning to play out to the downside. Before that, it's likely to play out to the downside. That's the way the market works. Or at least, at the very least, that's my approach to the market. Smash Mouth, again, a good proxy for the tech sector in and of itself. Nothing wrong with the Qs. Anything wrong with Smash Mouth? Absolutely not. Move it along. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? That is absolutely true and very accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here. I've had a hell of a day. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.